Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoy the message. What is up, guys? My name is Zane Quibido, and though I haven't been able to personally meet you, I just want to say that I love each and every single one of you, and my main desire is that y'all get to know that God loves you, your leaders love you, and another desire that I have is to see y'all grow to your fullest and most whole self. And so I want to uh, let you know who I am. So I, again, I'm Zane Quibido. And I am a good friend of Pastor Jacob. Uh, he and I are in a discipleship program. Uh, we're nearing the end of it, and we're going to transfer into full-time ministry. So I'm so excited about that. And man, Jacob, Pastor Jacob is such a faithful and good friend to me. He's near and dear to my heart. And his heart for everyone is so pure, and it is so loving. and Man, just the honor to have him as a pastor uh, is quite amazing. So a little bit about me is I am a nerd. I love learning. I love video games. Uh, I have two siblings. I have an older brother, a younger sister. Um, I happened to stumble upon playing football uh, somehow for eight years. Uh, I grew up on a farm, and I lived for the most part of my life filled with purpose. I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew what God had called me to be. And so before I get into this whole topic, I want to remind us that God has empowered us to be um, his hands and his feet to do things, to do greater things than, than what Jesus did, that we have the power to be able to defeat darkness, that we have the power to be pure and whole and to help save people that we may have a hope in eternity. And so with this, I want to start off with our topic, which is about insecurity. Now, I want to say uh, a quick story. This happened a couple months ago. I was walking in a conversation with some people, and what happened was, is one of my friends said, Hey, um, hey, do you know anything about LED lights? I'm about to go camping, and so I need like an LED um, headlamp. So do you know about, you know, like uh, what makes a good headlight a, a good headlight? Do you know um, any recommendations that you could um, give me? For me, I love learning. I love learning everything about everything and um, to its fullest potential. I love learning. And the funny thing was, is a month before I actually learned about LED lights and everything about them. The thing was, is in that moment, I forgot everything about LED lights. And I felt insecure and kind of like a little bit uh, ashamed because I forgot everything and I wasn't able to help uh, one of my friends. Uh, but we laughed it off. You know, it was funny. That's just kind of a lighthearted way of, you know, just kind of showing um, a little story of insecurity. So I, I have a question for y'all. What is insecurity? What do you think insecurity means, you know, in your life and in, and in other lives? And this was a question that I had to ask myself. And the most simple definition of insecurity is the lack of safety. It's 
when we are not confident or secure as a response from pain. And let me tell you something. We all respond with insecurity when our security has been shaken. Whether in grades, relationships, sports, school, appearance, you know, friends, money, you name it. We all struggle with some sort of insecurity. And we place our security into something that we think will make us safe. And now, here's the thing. I didn't need counseling for uh, when I felt ashamed or um, unsafe when I didn't know about the LED lights. I-, I didn't need counseling for that. But the deeper rooted issues in my life, I had to go into the word of God. And I had to dig into his word. And I went head first, straight into his word. And what I found uh, was a story about Gideon in Judges 6 and 7. So I want to give a little bit of context and then we can dive right in. And so the book of the Bible right before Judges is Joshua. Okay, Joshua, God commands him to be strong and courageous. He tells him that he will prosper and be successful wherever he goes if he stays true to God's word, if he keeps God's word in his heart and his mind on his lips and letting God transform everything of who Joshua is through his word. And that's how Joshua became successful. He became so successful that in his 80s, as an old geezer, you would call, he still had enough energy. He saw a city that wasn't conquered yet, that wasn't God's yet. And he was like, oh God, I still have energy. I'm, I'm still good to go. I'm just as young and as strong as I once was back way, uh, way back when in Jericho. I can take this city too. Let me have it. And the confidence and the boldness, even at such an, uh, even at such an advanced age, he was still ready to go. But right after, in Judges, we leave ourselves with Joshua passing away and the Israelites, the children of God, forgetting who God is and forgetting to transform themselves in his word. So Judges chapter 6, verse 1 through 10, I'm just going to summarize it. What happens is, is they disobey God and then a large amount of people, I mean, we're talking possibly half a million people come to oppress the Israelites. The Israelites hide in caves. They are like just terrified and they are just right under the thumbs of these evil men. And so we find ourselves with Gideon in verse 11 in chapter 6. And it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah and that belonged to Joash the Abezerite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And so this is something that I didn't understand at first. And I had to like really do some research. Separating wheat from the chaff or threshing wheat from a chaff. What you need is, is two things. You need a big open flat surface and you need wind. And so what you do is eat, you grab your wheat sticks, okay? And you'd shake them uh, above your head or you'd actually toss them in the air and then let the chaff, which is like this sticky stuff that gets on your clothes to blow away so that you can make good food with the wheat grain. But because the Midianites were oppressing them, because they took away all the food and supplies, Gideon didn't have that access. And so he had to go to a wine press, which was in the city without wind and without his threshing floor. But he knew his family had to get fed some way. 
And so he worked with what he had. And so we see the angel of the Lord sitting with him. And then in verse 12, we see when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I don't know about you, but Gideon is hiding from the enemy right now. Hiding. He's not like charging after them. He's not like riding into battle with a horse and a sword like, you know, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Like, it's not like that. Like, he's literally like probably hand picking wheat grains in a wine press, hiding, saying that you are a strong and mighty warrior. And this, this confused me. I was like, why? Why would, why, why? But the thing was, is God had, God had seen a gift that he gave Gideon before Gideon could ever see it. And in verse 13 through 14, or verse 13 through 16, it says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord said, turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And then in verse 15, it says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and I will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. And so what I want to share is just um, just a quick, a quick thought, okay? So when Gideon, when he says, Lord, I don't know if I can do it, he says that I am the least in my family, the least in my tribe, which is Manasseh. If you look at it, Manasseh is a half tribe. It's not even a full tribe. So he's not even in a full tribe, one of the weakest tribes in Israel. And then he's one of the weakest and the least in his family. He's like, God, why would you pick me? Why would you pick me? I, and, and the thing is, is he says, I haven't even seen you do wonders. But God says, no, with me, you will get to see those wonders. And together, we will be able to defeat the enemy. And I'm going to use your strength. And then I want to ask you, how often do we make excuses to God about who we are and not remember who God has made us and remember who God is? When we forget who God is and who he said we are, we become unstable. So I want to share an illustration real quick. So uh, Pastor Jacob, can you come up here for a second? Well, look how handsome he is. All right. So what we're going to do is, is, is I'm going to share an illustration, okay, about standing on God's word and then standing on uh, people's words or, you know, what they've, what other people have told you that you are. So Jacob, if you'd like to stand on this chair right here. Yep. So as you can see, it's still a little shaky though, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's really unsafe. So here's the thing. All right, you want to? No, I'm good. Okay. So with this, it, it's like your friends or, or the people who have 
talked bad about you. It's, yeah. it's unstable. If you only take in what other people say about you, that's unstable. That's not going to last. And here's the thing is you can be good at balancing. You could even do a chair spin if you want. But the thing is, is you're going to end up getting tired and you're not going to stay balanced. And you're not going to be able to stand up to when someone's about to push you. Like you only have enough energy to at least balance at the most. And so, Jacob, if you want to stand on this chair right here. And so with no thought, Jacob just in confidence stood on this chair. And that's God's word. Like, here's the thing. He's chilling. He can stand up there for hours and not need anything. Now, let's say I start pushing him. It's still like he's still pretty good. And here's the amazing thing. If he gets tired of me pushing him down and speaking negatively about him and trying to push him off the chair or God's word, you know what you can do, Jacob? Can you sit down with the enemy? Do you know how aggravating it is when the enemy is like trying to mess with you and then you just like, no, I'm just going to sit down because you're, you know, whatever. Like, I, th I think of the SpongeBob episode where the bully's trying to punch SpongeBob, but, like, since he's a sponge, like, he, like he's literally just exhausting energy. So if I tried to push Jacob, I'm just exhausting energy right now. And so with this, let us stand on God's word because it is firm and secure. So thank you, Jacob, I'm good, I'm good. for being an amazing partner and friend. You really are amazing. And so what I want to look at is some scripture to kind of prove this. And so in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 through 20, it says God did this and is talking about uh, his promises and how he keeps his promise. And it says God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. And so, again, what I want to reiterate is God's word is a promise and he will not lie. You can stand. You know, like when your best friend says, hey, I'm like, I give you my word. I got you, man. You're going to stand firm and secure. And if anybody else tries to tell you different, you don't care because you heard it from the one who is making the promise. You can stand on his word secure. Other people who are not trustworthy can just be wheeled off like they change too much. They're not secure. And they can just waver in and out. And they can disappear. So the bottom line is, is that Jesus is going to be your foundation and he's going to be your security. Now, what does this look like in our lives? Well, in Judges 6, 23 through 32, we see Gideon kind of wrestle with this idea of him saving Israel. And he says, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm, of course, you know, he had to kind of ask God to prove himself a few times. But he eventually obeyed. And, and then what he did was, is God said, hey, I want you to build an altar to me. And what this represented was, hey, I want to be your God. I want to be, I want to be the lead in your life. And I want, I want to be the person you look up to. And I want to be able to provide for you. And I want you to depend on me so that I can give you all that you need. But then once Gideon did that, God said, okay, now since I am God in your life, 
that old thing, Baal, the, um, the, the Baal, the false idol has to go and it has to be destroyed. And so with this, I see it as when we look at our insecurities, if God is in our life, now that old thing, now that thing that is tearing us down, the thing that is false, that's controlling our lives, acting like a God, that has to go destroy it, get rid of it to where it can never come back up again. And now God uh, has given, now God can give you a clear vision and he can give you um, a secure confidence in who he is. And so, and I, I want to point out one more piece of scripture before I, uh, before I close. And it's Psalm 91 verse one through two. And it says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The point is, is that we take refuge in Jesus. We take refuge in God. Now, here's the thing. Shadows do not cast off very far from us. And so being close to God, we will be under his shadow. And what that is, is security. And so when we are under his wing, I don't know if you've ever had, you know, like a, a day when you've felt, you know, sad or, you know, discouraged. Man, whenever I have a friend putting his shoulder over my shoulder or putting his arm over my shoulder, I feel a new sense of confidence and security knowing that someone has my back. And so when we are under his wing, we know that God is for us and he is there to protect us. And he is there to travel this journey with us. And so when we want God to give us security, when we want God to uh, protect us and be able to give us life and hope, we must continue to let God be all and then us just dwelling with him, reading his word, letting it transform us. With your best friend, when he speaks life into you, man, you're going to soak that up. When your father or when your mother speaks life into you, you soak that up and you don't let it go. Same, the same is with God's word. When God speaks life into you, when he speaks instruction, soak it in, let it transform you. Let it help uh, transform you to be the man and the woman God has called you to be. And so tonight, I want to ask, have you made God your God? Have you made him above all? Have you made an altar? Have you made him first? And have you tore away the evil that has been oppressing you? I want to share just the end of Gideon's life. He ends up after that simple obedience and letting God transform him and let God give him security. He goes off with 300 men against possibly half a million men. And he defeats them. And then he goes on and defeats many others. And he, after uh, time after time after time again, he keeps continuing to grow in courage and a secure identity in who God has called him to be. And so tonight, if you haven't accepted Jesus or God as your Lord and your Savior, I want to give an opportunity for you tonight. And so for those who are watching, if you just want to speak um, out loud uh, with your heart. You just want to repeat after me. Jesus, it's me. I know that I'm a sinner.
And I know that my sins have separated me from your love and your security. God, I ask right now, in Jesus' name, that you forgive all my sins, that you transform me, and let me be yours. God, I thank you right now, in Jesus' name, according to your promise, you have forgiven me, I am now right with you, and I am saved and secure. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, if you just gave your life to Christ, I am so excited. I'm so happy. I'm so overjoyed that now I get to call you a brother and a sister in Christ. We get a hope for eternity, and it's so amazing. I'm so joyful that you have made this decision. Man, if you just accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, we would love if you were to DM us um, at the Fusion Ministries uh, page, or if you want a direct message, uh, Pastor Jacob Malonso on his Instagram, man, we would love to be able to contact you and just uh, encourage you in this new walk with Christ. And I also want to pray just real quick over um, the people who have accepted Christ, but have been feeling oppressed and, and have forgotten what God has called them to be. And I, and I, would, I just want to pray a prayer of empowerment and encouragement that y'all get to um, walk in faith and empower that God has given you. So God, I, I pray right now um, over every single person that is listening in, God, that is tuning in. I pray that you are able to give them strength and boldness God, that they may be able to declare your word over their life. I pray for an encouragement, knowing that they are warriors, God. They are loved. They are strong, God. And wherever they are, we know that you have given them gifts that they are able to use, God, that only you have given them. God, I pray that you are able to uh, make known your purpose for their life. And I pray just, um, again, just a blessing of love and action in their lives right now. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yo, that was an incredible sermon. Thank you, Zane, for preaching Infusion. I can tell you this right now, the growth into the development in him has skyrocketed. The things I've seen him do, even in just, not even just preaching, but just speaking into people's lives, being a servant to other people, he has really shown himself faithful to God. And so I want you to come up here for a second. I sat in the chair to be funny, but I'm not funny. Um, I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Um, if you are watching this online, just extend your hand uh, towards him. Even though this is a recording, God can still meet us even in a recording. And so I just want you guys to lift your hands and stretch your hands towards Zane so we can pray a blessing over him. Father, I thank you for Zane. Father, I thank you for his commitment towards you. Father, I pray that everything that he does is out of, out of an integrity towards you, Father. He does this for your kingdom, Lord. Your word says everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Lord, he does it not just in his breath, but Lord, he praises you when he does good. He praises you when he does bad. He praises you when he suffers, Lord. He praises you when he's happy. Father, he praises you all the time, Lord God. And anything that he does and when he breathes, he praises, Father. And so I pray that, Lord, that you pray, that you have a blessing and favor over Zane. Father, I pray that he, that his words spoke through, Lord God, and Holy Spirit, let 
what Zane spoke through this message, Lord God, let it be heard by your people, Lord. Let it be heard by your students. And so, Father, I pray a blessing and favor over Zane in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. I love you, buddy. I appreciate you. Guys, thank you guys so much for watching. Be sure to tune in next week for the final week for the people in the back for our sermon series. Thank you guys so much for watching. See y'all next Wednesday.